some of our clients are financial institutions, banks, some insurance companies, while on the partner side, some of our customers are banks. And we tell them, hey guys, you're selling zero sponsored data to these guys directly. You don't want us to be involved in it. They say, yes. I say, okay, no problem. But that's fine. However, there's a lot of value that is being left on the table. Hello, and welcome to the Experience Board. My name is Femi Oshinobi. I'm the technology and experience leader at PwC Nigeria. The Experience Pod is a 30-minute one-on-one interview-led podcast that discusses the adoption and utilization of emerging technologies and trends for impact-oriented professionals, researchers, and innovators who demand the realistic perspectives on the opportunities and challenges presented by this phenomenon in our unique environment. Over 25 years ago, the first online banner ad was run on Hotwire, a digital affiliate of global media company Wired, wherein the ad was part of a campaign for US telco AT&T and gave birth to a whole new industry. Today, digital advertising is a billion-dollar business. For Google, the long-standing leader in online ads, the advertising business accounted for 81% of Alphabet's reported $56.9 billion sales. Things are changing democratically in Sub-Saharan Africa, coupled with the prevalence of mobile technology and increasing access to the internet, a feature of digital advertising on, on the continent is compelling. However, this is not without challenges to overcome. So to add his insights to this conversation, I'm excited to welcome Elo Hume, CEO of the Terragon Group, one of Nigeria's earliest digital marketing companies. Welcome, Elo, I'm pleased to have you. Thank you very much, Sammy. Thanks very much for having me on the experience pod. Um, looking forward to the next few minutes of um, great engagement. Thanks, Hello. I just got a few questions that will lead into you know, a lot of conversations around this topic. This is an interesting topic. We're expecting a lot to keep happening in this space, especially in Sub-Saharan Africa in, in the next few years. So, hello, for those who might not be familiar with Nigeria's digital marketing and ecosystem, could you please explain briefly what Terragon does and the main verticals under the Terragon group? So, Terragon, we've been around for 11 years and somehow we're still a startup and we're proud of being classified among this special group of startup companies. Since 2010, thereabouts, we've been focused and obsessed with helping companies connect to their customers on mobile devices. The idea of Terragon was born when I was living in Nairobi in 2007, when the iPhone was launched. So when the iPhone launched, I looked at the iPhone, and it was very evident to me. That was the first real smartphone. Before then, there was the true eye, what was in between. But now the iPhone launched media to the mobile phone. And I saw that and I said, everything was going to be good to mobile. I thought it was going to happen in two seconds. But in 10 years, it's still crawling to happen on the continent. In other parts of the world, it's happened and we're going to other things. So what does Terragon do? Our mission remains the same for 11 years. But the technology that we use to achieve our mission is changing. So that's the evolution that we're going through. We essentially help companies connect to their customers. That was what in 2010 that was happened. Today, we've changed that to saying we help companies intelligently connect to their customers on mobile. So the yeah. only difference in what we do is we added intelligence. And what is driving that intelligence? Data. It's data. And those data comes from 40%, 50% penetration of smartphones. So if, if phones are becoming smarter, how do we leverage that device? How do we leverage the data? 
So that is what we're doing. We also pride ourselves by saying no one knows Africans. So the individuals, we think that we know a lot of them. And we're seeing quite a bit of validation uh, in this field. So that is really the business. I can talk about medical. When we started 11 years ago, we were very focused on connections to telcos because we found that very, very particular. We're also very focused on helping companies, more like digital advertising agency. So helping people in the client organization and digital. We did quite a bit of work in that regard. And also we had a mobile ad network, which was the source of our data. And today, those assets, we have evolved them into enterprise software. So right now, we are an enterprise software business, building out what we call the mobile marketing cloud in Africa. And we go to market via three main verticals. Financial services, digital natives, so that would be telcos, that would be companies that are natively digital. And then the last piece would be CPG, or fast-moving consumer goods, from the likes of Unilever, Nestle. So we don't have public sector or government, but if they come along, why not? Oh, thanks. That's really very interesting. And I'll probably just go back a bit, back to 11 years ago, 11, 12, 2009, when you really started. We started our experience just two years ago in terms of, well, we've got to change our future in PwC. We've got to start thinking about to disrupt ourselves and disrupt our clients. And we're actually the first in Africa, amongst the big four across Africa, to actually start something like this. This is very recent. So I'm probably looking at 11 years ago, you talked about, you know, disruption. What did you see then? A lot of people didn't see what you actually saw in 2009, 2010. So what did you see and made you say, this is the right time to launch? So I mean, that was a tricky one. So the genesis of this company was in 2007. I was in a job, I was launching a business in East Africa. And I started to see this whole thing around the aggregation of media. I was a product manager for the first five years of my career. So I understood the intersection between technology and business. So I was thinking, if Africa is going to evolve and everybody's going to hold a smartphone, and if the smartphones have capabilities for media to flow through it, you're seeing financial technology companies, you're seeing education companies, you're seeing all sorts of companies, even banks. Banks are disrupting themselves. How are they disrupting themselves? Yeah, essentially, when they talk about digital transformation, is using mobile to interact with their customers. USSD has changed Africa. At the heart of USSD, is mobile. So what did I see? What I saw was that the mobile device would be very, very powerful. The only problem I did not see very well is that maybe I should have chosen financial technology, but I chose marketing technology. In, in, in the time, 2009, before we launched Terragram, we were, I was doing some work for the IFC around financial technology. That work was really centered around understanding M-Pesa and being able to launch M-Pesa in West Africa in 2009. Yeah. And when I look at how these spaces have evolved, it is very, very interesting the kind of things that happen. At the heart of it, I can tell anyone that it is really around the power of curiosity. Trying yeah. to figure out if you are doing this thing this way, which other way can we do it so that we can get a different sort of outcome or we can improve that thing we are doing. So it is macro-wide, I think, Things are going to move to smartphones. People are going to want to do things more digitally. And then from a micro perspective, how are we thinking about, you know, questioning how we do it and making that better? So, yeah. Thanks for that. I'm going to move into something actually still business conversation around, you know, emerging technologies in Africa, especially looking at the African context. And again, if you look at the fintechs and the likes of yourself, into the digital space, being a first mover, but also huge market potential. If you look at Nigeria, where you are, 
at that time, people would just be laughing at, you know, what's this guy trying to do? So would you say that Terragon, because people are now waking up now, has really benefited from being an early mover in this part of the world when it comes to the digital marketing space? You know, all that we have done, everything we've achieved is tied directly. The truth is, that is the easiest way to grow. I think that it's like a wave in the sea. When the wave takes off and you ride with the wave, the wave takes you. It's the wave that carries you. So I think the answer to that is absolutely. Being a first mover is... Some people talk about the first movers don't win. I think the jury is still out on that one. I think that the first movers, and they make reference to companies like Facebook. Facebook was not the first social network. They make, they make references to Google. Google was not the first search engine. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. They were able to get a better place, right? In our case, I would think we, we are one of the pioneers in digital, in marketing, and the opportunity has not yet been unlocked at the scale that we think it can. I believe that there's still a lot of market opportunity. For instance, look at how much money people are still spending offline, which is traditional media versus digital. It's still 9 to 10. In other parts of the world, it is 60-40 in favor of digital. Where you are in London, 60-40. In the U.S., it's the same thing. But those markets are very different. And here, if we get to 30-40 in favor of digital, taking 30 or 40 percent, that's significant. And even if our mandate, not our mandate, but even if we decide that our objective in this market is to get the market to be, get to 30 percent, 40 percent spend, we've achieved a lot. If that's the reward for being the first mover, we're happy to take it. Thanks a lot for that. Well, I'm going to feed back on that, especially when people think that, oh, first movers. And we've seen some first movers actually struggle when it comes to really opening up new spaces. Do you, do you think it's probably complacency or you don't have enough funding and uh, or they get so complacent when, when they think, oh, I started this thing, I'm going to own the space. And that's the first thing. So secondly, I've noticed that you've actually expanded into other areas in the last few years in the data space and marketing technology. And you're taking more risk with all the verticals you have now. What do you see probably happening in the next few years around disruption, even with the new businesses? So two questions in one. Is it complacency that is actually affecting the impact on first movers? And with your expansion, are you probably even you know, working against that complacency to say, oh, I've started this. I'm just going to sit on this for the next 10 years. Yeah. So those are my two questions in one. I think that first move, I think a big part will be a lack of belief, hmm. which is then connected to a lack of perseverance. There's a lot of, especially in this part of the world, in Nigeria, maybe in the larger Africa as well, there's a lot of look through your window strategy formulation. And what yes. does that mean? If my competitor is doing it, then let's go ahead and do it. There must be something in there. So when they do that, what happens? They see the numbers. If the numbers look good, then they go ahead. The way we come as first mover, we look at the macros. It may be, you know, where, where are things going? We have deep understanding of the technology and the products, and we try to figure out how do we put all this together to achieve something that is very, very, that can grow in the long term. So first of all, we build belief. In that process of building belief, we fail a lot of times. And that process of failing, it takes time. But it's there you find perseverance. And we continue to persevere, we continue to persevere. So I think that companies that don't achieve the sort of scale or who don't stay on the course are 
you know, they don't apply this thing. So they look through the window, they find something that their competitor is doing, they try and do it, they fail once, they never build belief, so they don't persevere. That's really how I think about it. Then the second part is, you know, technology is moving. It's a lot of speed. We're looking at what's happening with crypto. Fascinating. Crypto is rewriting financial flows. It's, it's negating countries' sovereignties over money. That's the level of disruption that we're dealing with today, globally. And you can't just sit and say things are happening and you don't move along with the times. What will happen is you're going to stay stagnant and the times will come and take you away. So for us, as we evolve, we find commercial value, we find market value, we look at the macros, with the key objective being how do we serve our customers better. To serve our customers better, we need to invest in better technology, we need to do things differently. Then we go ahead and do it. We can't just sit on it because even our customers will look for the person who is moving with the times and go with those people. Excellent. Thank you. Going to move really into your space now, especially around the digital advertising industry, which has been dominated by a few major tech giants, the likes of Google, Facebook, Amazon, and even in China, Alibaba. Um, in the US, you know, they represent about two-thirds of the ad spend, and we're seeing more and more push from them to own every part of the advertising chain. They want to own every single aspect. Even the recent move from Apple to extend control over the all iOS, you know, system forces, forces them to be included in all the profitable value chain. Everything to want to, they want to be involved. Whether it's data, whether it's payments, whether it's video, music. Even I find myself that when I look at Apple, because I am an Apple guy, so I've got iTunes subscription, I've got the cloud for my family and I, everything. I even have got some of my cards on the Apple. <laughs> so they've actually put someone like me into that Apple family and I cannot do without Apple. Even confidently, I don't carry my cards around because I have the wallet. So and these guys are taking control of everything. So if you look at this trend, you know, these guys, it's more like a closed ecosystem and it continues. Will the future of digital advertising in Africa be determined solely by these companies? Because I mean, Nigeria, I'm still hooked up to, to these global companies still controlling my spend. These guys will determine in Africa. Do you think the indigenous companies play coming into this global context? Because this guy wants to control the world. So companies like yourselves in Africa. You know, something I'm very careful about not doing is predicting the future of how things are going to go. But one thing I would say for a fact is these companies are as valuable as they are. And these companies have created a lot of value, continue to create a lot of value. And I don't see their value creation um, process or journey stall in the long term, next five to ten years. The particular emphasis on the guys who control Android and iOS and Google and Apple. That said, I think there is still going to be a role for local companies within ecosystems who understand the peculiarities in markets. You look yesterday, you see a company like Grab go public with $40 billion valuation. So easily Grab can become, in the next two to three years, a $500 billion company because it's in Southeast Asia. But this is a company that was founded out of Indonesia. It's a super app, just like WeChat, but started from right here has evolved to all sorts of things, right? So at the heart of it is 
I think local companies need to think about what are the peculiarities. Grab's volume was from ride hailing on Keke and Okada. And then from there, built in food delivery, built in all sorts of things, right? Terragon is a different sort of business to grab, but I'm just using something that is local. You look at a floodway that has created significant values for financial flows using an emerging technology. And in a continent that has challenges with financial flows, so they've solved for peculiarities of the continent. Apple and Google and Co are not going to solve that problem for us. I then zeroed into something that Terragon. In 2016, when we decided that we wanted to become a data business, we knew that when we looked at digital advertising the way it was, we will not continue to evolve. What were we seeing then? We integrate to large ecosystems and we get a whole bunch of data on people. You know, we thought that this was, at the time, nobody thought anything of it. But we just thought that this had to be done differently. And we started to build products that we didn't even know could solve a problem. And what was that yeah. problem? We need to organize this data better. And some companies realize that what these people are doing, oh, this, these people are doing, I, I can organize my data better, better. And they signed up to us and they continue to be our partners and have kept us afloat. But what is at the heart of that? But then you fast forward four years, and now privacy is a big topic. The entire yeah. digital ecosystem is now being rewritten. Yeah. And the investments we've made over the last two to three years is now coming back to say, Terragon want to rely on your product that you've built over time to solve for privacy. Solving for privacy, Google's 50, 60 billion in quarterly revenues every quarter, 90% of that revenue is made from digital. And the technology that makes that revenue happen is cookies. Now that cookies is going away and you're now relying on a technology that was built by an African company to solve for that. Today we partnered with uh, Facebook, which is public information, and we are working with Facebook. Facebook analytics is going away, it's public information. Everybody who advertises on social now needs to find an alternative. And we are in the middle of it. We are the only African-founded company that can solve that problem for a, like a Facebook. So should we be concerned about the large companies? Not at all. I think we need yeah. to be concerned about the local ecosystem and solving the challenges and the peculiarities or the unique peculiarities of those ecosystems. Thanks for that. You mentioned data protection, which is now, you know, the E a few years ago came out with the GDPR. Nigeria, too, in the last two, three years, everyone has been running around the Nigerian Data Protection Act. You know, so, you know, a lot of people, the feds have been appointed to go and check the, the compliance with the GDPR for Nigeria. Do you see, you know, with all the, the regulators really being on everyone's confirmed to, to data protection part. How does that impact your business that you're doing around data? How does that impact that in the near future? How, how are you going around that? You know, everything we have done in Terragon, our products are built with privacy in mind and the best privacy protection in mind. So the foundation of everything we are doing is with privacy in mind. That's the foundation. So as things evolve, which I think they're going to evolve, essentially the times are catching up with us. This whole thing around Facebook, there's some other things they're working on, fairly confidential. We can't yeah. just talk about it right now. But yeah. it points to the fact that we are where we are. We've gone ahead and invested. We are ahead. The times are now catching up. We don't envisage any privacy challenges coming up. And how do we think about it? How do we think about the potential risks? I think the risks are going to come from more not controlling IP, which in our case we're controlling. We're not going out to somebody to license IP. We built our IP bottom up. Our second largest team outside of Lagos is in Bangalore, India. 
R&D, always building stuff. So in that case, we have the flexibility to go across countries. We we'll go to Kenya and build for the whatever peculiarity the privacy law in Kenya offers. We go to South Africa, we can build for the peculiarity of the poppy, which is South African's own GDPR. We come to Nigeria, we build for NDPR, if there are those requirements. We have those kind of flexibilities. Thanks for that. Just before my next question, I think for my opinion, because in the last six months, nine months, I've been part of a group by a lot of things looking into the future. What you've just actually nailed now is actually localization versus globalization. A lot of countries are localizing, and I think you're doing the right thing. Every country wants to see well, if you look at Brexit, a lot of people that were anti now, they are saying, oh, wow, probably is a good idea. And you see more countries thinking around that. If you go to Nigerian companies that are the big ones, the first question is that, can it be done in Nigeria? Will Nigerians maintain it? Will I don't come and push something that I don't know where it's coming from? So I think you're on the right path, almost looking at every country and developing this product so that it can be localized as much as possible. And that's, I think that's where the world is going to, localization over globalization. I'm going to jump into going back to the telcos. In 2020, the number of uh, mobile subscribers in Nigeria recorded by NCC crossed the 200 million mark, which the amount of opportunity in, in Nigeria when it comes to telco data. But again, you, you see internet access, it continues to be a challenge. You know, the quality of 2G and 3G is still very prevalent. There are very few 4G, you know, across Nigeria. A lot of the networks across Nigeria is still 3G. So again, that shows, you know, the quality of the data. Again, it's not cheap. Uh, if you look at the economic power of an average Nigerian, most of the consumers in the Nigerian telco market actually minimize the way they use data. <laughs> they minimize short interactions and they turn off their mobile data on their phone just to make sure that <laughs> there is no consumption in the background when it comes to browsing. And, you know, a lot of the apps now, they put something in the background so that <laughs> you keep using your data. And so if you understand the, the markets in Nigeria and for a digital company, uh, what does it then look like to get meaningful insights on consumers when you see sometimes some people will just be off as in they don't want to use data. So the, getting their footprints sometimes can be a challenge. So what does it look like? And I know this is your space, you know, helping collect data that, you know, a lot of these companies can use. You know, this, this is like our bread and butter. And I'm glad that you talk about very local use cases. Some of our clients are financial institutions, banks, some insurance companies, while on the partner side, some of our customers are banks. And we tell them, hey guys, you're selling zero sponsored data to these guys directly. You don't want us to be involved in it. They say, yes, I said, okay, no problem, but that's fine. However, there's a lot of value that is being left on the table. And let's go into some specifics. Analytics at the heart of it is generating insights from data. That's really the summary. You have our platform in your business. You have our platform on the other side. And some, some banks sit on 10 million, 15 million, 20 million digital customers. Of these customers, let's use 10 million as a sample size, maybe 2 million, 3 million of them can comfortably afford data. But in a market where 98% prepaid, you have to layer customer experience, not about that digital journey, right? So at the base of this entire experience, both on the telco side and on the bank side, is customer data platform, which is really the foundation of the marketing technology stack. What's marketing technology? Communication between the customer and the brand. So you have mobile apps, 
probably 10 million mobile app customers or USSD customers. You can see the whole hula value around USSD cost. That's opportunity. And in the middle of that opportunity, you think about companies like Terragon, positioned in the middle of that. We are connected on this side. All the aggregators are already there. So some people can easily afford that USSD cost. How do you use analytics to make sure that the person that you need to be subsidizing and the bank is paying for is the right person? While on the other hand, how do you make sure if the person doesn't have airtime, can I subsidize this person? And when the person has their time, can I get that money back? Right? These are the investments that we've set up. This is the infrastructure we've set up. Because we know for a fact that in Africa, it is going to be offline and online. It's going to be both of them together. The companies that are able to navigate the two sides with the right infrastructure, underlying infrastructure, are the ones that will understand the 360 degree of that company. Thanks for that response. We'll slightly move to IoT, which is, you know, really uh, a big thing in the developed market. I mean, it's IoT technology is reached $100 billion when it comes to revenue. And it's projected to reach about $1.6 trillion by 2025. And a lot of people don't know that all the fridges, freezers, all the appliances in the last three years, they've got IoT devices, but Nigerians are just buying them and keeping them at home. But they actually, <laughs> they all have IoT devices. So let's assume that, you know, all these things will be activated very soon. Your focus in the last few years has been on mobile. Uh, what's your plan around that? Assuming we're ready for, you know, everyone wants to connect, you know, from their mobile to their fridge, freezer. For instance, even I have an IoT device in, in Nigeria, which is actually a door to my apartment, and I monitor from here. So there's an IoT device sending data. So I know in my absence, I know who is actually in front of my apartment. So it's actually active for some of us that anywhere we are, we want to see our apartment. But assuming it moves from Femi to about a million, two million people, what, you know, do, do, you, do you see you guys playing a role in that space in the near future? Yeah, I mean, I think that is uh, super interesting. IoT is very interesting. Yeah. I think uh, the way I see it is consumer IoT, let me hazard a guess, will not, will not happen. Hmm. Consumer-driven IoT. So the commercial propositions around it, I don't think will be driven by consumer. I'm a firm believer in enterprise IoT okay. on the enterprise side. And I think that you already have some data that points to the fact that consumer literacy is a big problem. When you look at the sheer volume of smartphones on networks, which we see, that don't connect to the internet or sparingly use internet, and if they are iPhone 12s and they are the latest Samsung and Co, you see that consumer IoT will be very tricky. I think that there's significant opportunity in enterprise IoT. The tactics of Making sure that strategy happens, I think, is also a little bit too early. For us right now, we want to have a distributed enterprise software in all the enterprises, and that will become those will become the rails for which we can build IoT on top of. That's what we're focused on. Let's get the distributed software in the companies that matter, and those will become the rails for for everything else. Let's we we'll, we'll see how that evolves. Thanks for that. Yeah, you know. Talking about Terragon, you know, part of your value as a company has been providing insight for companies to deliver more personalized customer products and services as AI artificial intelligence develops. 
like that is able to process more real-time information and deliver more meaningful insights. Where do you see the biggest gains to be made in marketing? You know, I think we have machine learning and artificial intelligence layered on our products, right? Yeah. Um, on the internet, I have a different view. On native telco channels, SMS and USS, they have a different view. The native telco channels favors us better than the internet does. Because on the internet side, the scale around AI and ML will be potentially unlocked. But if Africa is an intersection of online and offline, like we well, like talked about earlier, then the guy who has the other piece, the offline piece, and is able to build that into software and match it to the internet side would have a lot of value. It's not very clear yet, but when I think about AI and the strategic advantages and disadvantages of it, we don't see AI as a commercial play. We don't see it as a standalone commercial play. We see it as like an enabler. It's not something that you build a business around. It's, you have to have a business, then you apply the technology. And that can cut across from the IoT down to marketing cloud, down to financial technology. It has a use case across board. So the way we see each of those use cases and the channels and the application very well differs. Excellent. I'm conscious of your time and we'll be making some predictions, your views about what you see when it comes to the future around retail advertising or marketing or all this emerging tech. Speaking of predictions, what was the last prediction you got wrong, if any at all, in the last couple of years? Because, you know, and we've got the greatest guy who's actually getting some predictions. It's wrong. So which one did you get wrong in the last few years? Because a lot of people will be listening to you and say, wow, this guy saw this in 2009 and he's still right. I, I got the bank's domination of USSD as a channel wrong. Okay. It was my oh. firm belief that the telcos will dominate the USSD as a channel, using it as a financial, whatever. When the bank started, I didn't think they would dominate it. I got that wrong. Okay. Do you think we've seen the end of that? That's what I just said. The jury is still out on that one. Exactly. Yeah. So fantastic. So we, we can't really conclude that you got it wrong. I think it's still on. I think I'll put it as something I got wrong. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, what's one view you seem to find very few people agree on? You have this view, and it's just very few people. What we're doing today, Aragon business, pivoting to what we do, is a contrarian view, very contrarian. Very few people um, yeah. believe you can build the infrastructure for enterprise to consumer communication in Africa that can be valuable and stand on its own, as opposed mm. to depending on the global businesses. Everybody comes across and says, oh, you guys, Google and Facebook will take this over, blah, blah, blah. But we are seeing some validation, some of them. We've seen Facebook now dependent, Axiom of you guys come and do this stuff. Of 20 companies globally, they're one of them from Africa. I mean, who would have thought? Well, no, congratulations. I advise a lot of African companies to keep at it, but it will keep happening. It will keep happening. And a lot of their clients even are challenging them as well localizing stuff so we'll see a, a lot of that but the last guest we had on this um, experience fund actually challenged the next guest so from our last episode we had the founder of Malia Games and he wants you to answer this question so this is the question for you what impact do you think Bitcoin 
is having on Nigeria's economy today. You know, some of the founders of the companies that are dealing with crypto, I think they're creating enormous value. The only part where I think, and I think that they will continue to create enormous value, but, and I think that the products, the services that they render will continue to remain super valuable within Nigeria. The key risk is really around the definition of money. So is crypto going to redefine money? So if crypto is successful in redefining what money is, the controls, countries control money, right? So crypto is going to add value over the long term. And I think yeah. that companies, you know, the steps that countries are taking, today Turkey announced their own steps that they're taking, which is you know, closer to what Nigeria took a few weeks ago. I understand their point of view. Financial, traditional, you saw the JP Morgan, Jamie Dimon's letter referring to financial technology, right? Everybody's becoming nervous about this. But there is a, in terms of impact in Nigeria, we need to find a way of managing the two sides, definition of money and the value that technology disruption can create in a place like Nigeria. Um, both of them are two positives, but they, we need to, they need to come closer together. I'll look at the risk as well, managing the risk properly as well. Thanks for that. And that leads me to the last question, which is not a question. It's actually a question that you have to ask the next person that we're going to bring on board. It's around disruption, all interrelated. So when we look at disruption, the new wave that is going to happen in the next five years, in, in that respect, what's one perspective you would like to get from our next interview? This happens to be the hardest question. Maybe I should just think about it more from... The question I would like the person to answer is, Beyond distributed fiber to enable last man in Nigeria, the rest of Africa, what other ideas or what other potential solutions are there to strengthening last mile connectivity in Africa? Well, that's a fantastic question. I hope the person will do justice for that one of our biggest challenges. So I understand that question. We, we have, you know, we have some answers to that very, very soon. And yeah. um, thank you so much, um, Hello, and it's, it's really thank good for having me. You know, uh, you know, having you on this episode, and I hope our listeners, as they listen to this insights you've shared today, thanks, and, you know, have, have a great evening. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks a lot, too. Thanks for having me. And I would like to get the answer to the question when it happens. Definitely to emigrate. Right. Definitely to emigrate. Right. Definitely to emigrate. Right. Definitely to emigrate. Right.